Welcome back to another episode of Comic Book Cabinet. My name is Wes. And this is Adam. And today we are covering Adam's most incredibly favorite characters because he has not stopped talking about them since I first met him, what, three years ago? It's been longer than that. You've been stuck with me for like five years now. We are talking about Animal Man and Swamp Thing. That's right. You get two at once. It is a double episode, twice the flavor, half the fun. Oh, I don't know about that. I would say double the fun. <laughs> Animal Man and Swamp Thing are so much fun. They are. I have become a huge fan of Animal Man. Yeah, I have always loved Animal Man, and I really hate that there's not more Animal Man in the world. It's what happens. You know, I became a huge fan of Moon Knight last week. Yeah, and you know what was really funny? I remember going to the comic shop, talking to Bill, the guy that runs the comic shop right. I go to, and saying, hey, Bill, I just finished reading Moon Knight's uh, run, and I really, really liked it. it. What's coming out next? Like, Is there something going on? And he goes, oh, I got canceled. Tim, like, <laughs> classic Moon Knight. Yeah. And he was telling me that it's just good enough to get people interested for the first couple issues, and then everyone drops off, apparently. And so. welcome to Animal Man and Swamp Thing. Apparently, yeah. they, they haven't had an issue release Swamp Thing since about, what, 2016? Yeah, I think at the end of New 52 was his last own individual series. Uh, right now, he's in Justice League Dark. He's one of the main characters there, but he hasn't had his own individual series in a long time. And Animal Man about 2014. Uh, I think it was in, that? like beginning of 2015. 15, yeah, okay. because so he got halfway through his new 52 run and then due to sales, it got canceled. That so Swamp sucks. Thing's new 52 run lasted longer. It was a seven full volumes. Unfortunately, Animal Man only had the first five volumes of the new 52. So, but we're going to cover it all today. Oh, yeah. And I mean, these two characters have been written by some famous writers. Grant Morrison, Alan Moore, like those two guys. If you never heard of them and you're listening to us, you got some educating to do. <laughs> Yes, you do, because I haven't read comics before, but those are two names that I know. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is they've been around. I, th I feel like even people that don't read comics recognize those names. Exactly, especially Alan Moore. Oh, yeah, Huge. absolutely. Okay, so let's dive in. Let's do it. So tell me about... The life cycle so far. The life cycle. I love it. It's so perfect and so fitting for these characters. Well, let's start off with Animal Man. Uh, so we got a couple major players we're going to talk about. You have Buddy Baker, who is Animal Man himself. And then you've got the Baker family, his wife, Ellen, his son, Cliff, and his daughter, Maxine. Uh, you also have a couple of characters that come in and out of his life, such as Detective Crenshaw. Uh, he has a really good friend named Roger. And specifically today, we're going to talk about Swamp Thing. And Swamp Thing has his own major players, Alec Holland, who is actually Swamp Thing. Yes. Then you have his wife that they first introduced, Linda Holland. Yeah, and she's mentioned more recently in New 52, but it's just in one sentence. Uh, she's, she's kind of a, I want to call her a background character, but she's still a major player for Swamp Thing himself. It's a long time ago for right. him, but still a major part of Swamp Thing. Then you have his arch nemesis, Anton Arcane. Oh, man, what a villain. His niece, Abby Arcane. Uh, his nephew, William Arcane. And then a couple of other famous characters show up, uh, most specifically, Constantine. Yeah, Constantine was actually had his first appearance in the Swamp Thing run. Did he? Yes. Yep. That's, so whenever we read Constantine, we're going to get to revisit a little bit of Swamp Thing. 
my wife has watched the TV show for Constantine, yeah. and she loved it's, th- that show. It's really good. We've got to read Constantine coming oh, up soon. Maybe yeah, season definitely. nine. I think we have our list growing <laughs> at this point. Uh, then there is this ambiguous parliament of trees, which are old swamp things that have now grown into this big parliament of wisdom. Then you have Dr. Woodrew, the Floronic Man. And then you've got a couple of major villains from Animal Man. I don't know that he necessarily has an arch nemesis like Anton Arcane that's been there from the beginning, but he does have a couple of people show up, such as Brother Blood. Uh, there's an alien beast that his, shows up in his first appearance that he fights. Kilimanjaro was a character that he was introduced to that he kind of had a bout with earlier on in Grant Morrison's run. So he does have some villains that reoccur, but they're not like Anton Arcane, who is there from the beginning pretty much until the very end. So tell us about the very first appearance of Animal Man. So the first appearance of Animal Man is kind of interesting. He actually showed up in Strange Adventures number 180, just as Buddy Baker. And then eventually in issue 190, he took the name Animal Man. That was the first true appearance of Animal Man, I guess you could say, with that name. But in 180, it's really great. This came out in September of 1965. Uh, The origin story basically is just that Buddy Baker was at this alien crash site. And around the same time he's at this crash site, there is a train of carnival animals that crash. Oh, thank goodness. Right? So uh, he's helping these people try to round up all of these animals, and he starts using these different attributes of the animals themselves to actually round them up. And it's so funny because someone is like, well, how are you doing that? And he goes, well guess it was that alien crash. I have no idea. And just accepts it. Yeah. Just continues to move on with his life. He doesn't care that he has these alien powers. He just, he has them. And that's fine. And it's so funny because one of the other people that are from the train are just like, okay, cool. As long as you're helping us out, don't really care how you're doing it. Just collect the animals and bring them back in. Isn't that the issue where he actually punches an elephant in the nose? Yes. Using like an elephant power. (laughs) Yeah. So he ends up fighting one of the so-called aliens that have attacked or crashed, and he finds out that the aliens themselves have the same powers that he has now acquired. So logically, he decides to defeat this alien by introducing mice to him, which makes the alien scared. Because elephants are afraid of mice. So at the end of this issue, we see he's now bolstered by his new powers, and he decides he now has the courage to ask his love of his life, Ellen. And now we have the Baker family. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Because of the beginning of the issue, he is too coward to propose to Ellen. Yeah. But because he now has animal powers, he's courageous. Maybe he's using the lion power of courage. (laughs) That's a good one. I enjoy it. So tell me about the first appearance of Swamp Thing. The first appearance of Swamp Thing is in House of Secrets number 92 in July of 1971. It is a classic betrayal horror story and it exists completely outside of the swamp thing that we know and love today but it's still a fun little story where alec holland is a scientist he has a partner named damien but alec is married to linda damien is in love with linda so damien creates an explosion in the workplace that kills alec holland therefore damien gets to marry linda oh yeah the old like Uh, kill your friend so that way you can marry his wife deal, right? Exactly. But Damien's not such a good dude. Alec Holland becomes the Swamp Thing, staring outside, looking in the window of Damien being a total asshole to Linda. Yeah, of course. Damien begins to think that maybe Linda has figured it all out, so he is going to kill her in order to protect him so he doesn't have to go out, uh, go to prison, effectively. So he's going to kill Linda and... 
Alec Holland as Swamp Thing shows up, kills Damien, and we all live happily ever after, except for Alec Holland, who Linda screams at, and he has to run away. Yeah, she doesn't really like the way he looks now. I don't blame her. He's kind of <laughs> ugly. She's just covered in nasty swamp goo. Probably smells like ass. Yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, it's hot, sweaty summer Louisiana day, huh? Have you uh, ever smelled swamp gas? No, I haven't. Let I, me I don't eat think a burrito. I, oh, God. Uh, uh, <laughs> His first appearance is very uh, Edgar Allan Poe, Telltale Heart kind of deal, you know? Absolutely. Classic, classic, classic horror story. Yeah. I really I really liked his first appearance. I thought it was good. And I don't know if the audience really enjoyed the thought of Swamp Thing, if Lynn Wine had this huge idea to take this character and twist it into something completely different. But he takes the origin story of Swamp Thing Twisted it around a little bit, and now we are in the Swamp Thing number one and two. Yes, and this is kind of the retelling of his origin story, because Lynn Wine makes it his own. He does, absolutely. He, although he uses some older characters, sure, which I enjoyed. Uh, so you still have Alec and Linda. They are still married. Right. Except now they are both scientists instead of just Alec. And they are working for the government on some bioregeneration formula. They're, they have a government agent named Matt Cable. And uh, there's these bad guys. Let's call them the committee. Yeah, it sounds a little familiar, right? That's who you call bad guys in the DC world. They're committees. Committees are evil. Remember that. Uh, so they send their best man to attack. And actually, they're trying to buy the formula from uh, Alec and Linda Holland. But they won't sell but they it won't to them. Because yeah. they know. They're like, oh, you're going to do something bad. And it's even like, Matt Cable kind of won't let them. And he warned them of these bad guys. Because whoever controls this bio-restoration formula will have the world at their fingertips. They will be kings and queens of the world. And that can't happen. Except right. for America. Right. So the committee decides to kill them. They set up a dynamite explosion. Alex is the only one who is there that gets destroyed. He blows up with a thing, runs out into the swamp and dies. Very similar to earlier. He dies to an explosion. But Linda was out and she's fine. Uh, except uh, Kimmy comes back up and kills Linda. Right. Too. Yeah, and I remember specifically from this issue or these series that the committee had like sent a stray dog to spy on Linda and they had planted some sort of device to listen in on her. So they've got a guy named, uh, I think his name was Blue Tick Hound. Like, Blue Tick, Agent Blue Tick Hound, checking in with the committee here. This is what Linda's saying. And yeah, I just thought that was ridiculous. It was. But it's, you know, it's it's the olden times at sure. this point. <laughs> if you are in your 50s and 60s, I'm sorry. When uh, the committee comes back to kill Linda, Alec Holland, as Swamp Thing, has shown back up. Matt Cable sees dead Linda. So what does Matt Cable assume when he sees bullet holes in Linda? That obviously this creature covered in swamp goo is the one who has killed Linda. And then Matt Cable gets all pissed off and tracks him down. Yeah, and it's also really confusing here to me because uh, Matt Cable was basically just their handler. And he just swears this vengeance of like, well, I got to get vengeance for my best friends. Yeah, like, rather than moving on to the next job and considering this one a loss, I don't know. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's comic books. It's simple. It was a simpler time then. So then you get into issue two, and Alec Holland is captured by some creatures. We'll call them unmen. They're these weird, like, half men, half monster. Yeah, they're very just monstrous, horror-looking. They're gross. Yeah, they are. 
Uh, come to find out, it's Lord Arcane that has captured Swamp Thing, brings him back to like Bulvaria or Bavaria or Bulvarian Cream, something to that effect. <laughs> Bavarian Cream. <laughs> so there, he's captured by Arcane. Arcane tries to tempt him with some things like uh, actually giving him, giving Alec his body back. Yeah, he has this random jar that will allow him to like the soul jar switch bodies. Well, not switch bodies. Basically, he's going to take away the monstrous aspect of Swamp Thing from Alec. Therefore, Lord Arcane, whose body is dying, will have the powers of Swamp Thing. Right. And he wants those powers specifically so he can go and destroy the town below him. And Alec Holland's not cool with that. So after the transformation happens, he finds out what Lord Arcane is actually going to do. And Alec Holland goes, he smashes a soul jar, therefore taking the monstrous essence back to himself. And that's where you get Swamp Thing and his arch nemesis, Lord Arcane. So after he smashes this jar, he's basically able to kind of run Arcane out of his own castle and he falls into the abyss. I mean, they're like up at the top of the castle and the classic Disney death. Kick the guy off a ledge and watch them fall. Yeah. They disappear into darkness and you assume that they're dead. World's been saved. So That's then it. we see Swamp Thing kind of in the basement where he's trying to concoct some sort of formula again. Right. But these stupid Swamp Thing hands, they're not as they're, good as my old human so hands. Yeah. Uh, and another monster appears. And this monster was called the Patchwork Man. And he basically kind of, at first, they sort of fight, and they cause Arcane's castle to burn down. And while they're escaping, we're introduced to Abigail Arcane, who is the Arcane heir. And it's really cool, as we talk more about Swamp Thing and all of these characters, that these names, these characters were introduced oh so long ago, and they are still major players in the current Swamp Thing run. Yeah, that's kind of one of the reasons I love Swamp Thing is that his his lore is very consistent. I mean, Arcane's been there from basically the beginning, and so has Abigail. It's nice that you didn't have to rewrite it every 15 years and com- introduce completely new players. I like the way it's done. Yeah, I do too. So tell me, Adam, a little bit, what issue, what run of Animal Man do we want to talk about today? Well, I got to tell you, let's just get right into Grant Morrison's Animal Man. I really, really love Grant Morrison as a writer, and his Animal Man run is probably one of my favorites of all times, to be honest with you. This one was the one nominated for an Eisner Award. Uh, Yeah, so issue number five of uh, Grant Morrison's Animal Man was actually nominated for an Eisner Award for Best Single Issue of 1989. Uh, Grant Morrison, he kind of really revitalized Animal Man with his, I'm going to call it his psychedelic run. He does a lot of really kind of trippy things in this run. I can get behind that. It was very weird to read yeah i mean in this writing uh, animal man is a really strict vegan just because he can't stand the idea of eating meat so he has this really tight bond with animals and kind of the the like you called it earlier the life cycle i guess you could say he's really really in tune with what he doesn't know at the time is the red yeah so at one point in time uh grant morrison actually had buddy take peyote with a character named james highwater and at this point in time buddy had not been able to actually use his powers unless he was in proximity with another animal so if there weren't any animals around he was just kind of shit out of luck yeah he was uh literally a human in a tight-fitting clothes yeah and that's it uh, however, whenever he is on this big trip with James Highwater, he experiences some really crazy stuff, and he realizes that he's actually able to access all life, and he basically has his powers redefined. So at this point, he can just tap into anything. He can become any creature, or not become them, but he's able to access their powers. 
So he's now completely connected to the red. But of course, with all things in life, it comes with a price, right? So oh. after his big trip, he shows back up at home and his family has been murdered by this man that is named Lennox. I was so angry reading this part. I can only imagine. Poor Buddy is just, I mean, there's a point where he wakes up and he's sitting up against the fridge and his kitchen is covered in blood and he's like sipping on some tea or something and he's kind of just like babbling to himself. Buddy. And there's a detective there that's like, Buddy, your family's dead. Come on, pull it together. And he's like, no, they're not dead. You know, I mean, he's just totally out of his mind. The poor guy. Buddy Baker is broken. Yeah. And so just to kind of give you a really good example of how intense this actual run is, uh, Buddy Baker actually meets Grant Morrison. Like the writer of his comic. He meets Grant Morrison in his own home. Uh, and this was kind of Grant Morrison's big send-off. He basically explains that the only reason Buddy's a vegetarian is because Grant Morrison's a vegetarian. And I'm writing you, so you're going to be however I want you to be. And he, he, this is when Animal Man realizes that all of his friends are fake. They're all just people in this book that other people are writing. In fact, there's a hilarious comment where he's like, well, but I don't really seem to do much when I'm with the Justice League. And Grant Morrison's like, yeah, well, that's because it's a different writer. You know, kind of throwing a little bit of shade out there. And I really just like this comic in general. I think it's pretty interesting that he gets to meet his own creator and complains like, dude, you killed my family. And Grant Morrison is like, yeah, I did. And It was dramatic. It, it sold issues. Who so, cares? Yeah. And, and so at the very end, Grant Morrison is giving this really awesome kind of epilogue to his run. And when he does this, he writes Animal Man running back into his home and his family's alive. And that's it. Everybody's happy. And that is when he moved on to the next writer. There was even a comment somewhere in here about how the next writer can do something. Like, they'll write you in to eat meat, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there was a comment. He says something like, yeah, if the next writer wants to let you eat meat, then he probably will. Or he probably can. And they and open up with him eating meat. That very, Yep, that very next issue. So that's it was good, though. I really liked Grant Morrison's run. A Animal Man in general, just a great, great series. All right, so Wes, I got to ask you, uh, you're from Louisiana, and the next writer that we had in the Swamp Thing was actually Pesco, who basically had him traveling around in Louisiana. So tell me a little bit about Pesco's run. So yeah, Pesco did have Swamp Thing traveling around. Uh, it became a Monster of the Week sort of deal, right. where it was uh, Swamp Thing encounters bad things, Swamp Thing has to overcome bad thing. Yeah. Not terribly complicated, but uh, he finally encounters this government agency that he has to overcome and he doesn't uh, he effectively is killed off and put on ice by this group in order to uh, figure out how swamp thing works yeah it, i mean it was kind of like a, a means to an end it almost felt like he had been trying to be this good guy that just couldn't exist in a bad world so when pesco is finished you uh, alan moore this is where Alan Moore actually takes over. And they introduce Dr. Woodrew that we talked about earlier, the Floronic Man. He is actually doing an autopsy on the body, and we find out a lot about how uh, Swamp Thing is actually put together. And this is a major part of who Swamp Thing is that we learn here. Uh, his vital organs are simulations of our organs. His brain is a simulation of our brain. And uh, he's not actually... There's no human body that's part of Swamp Thing. Yeah, it actually seems like it's vegetation basically impersonating our body parts. So, like, his brain is like a clump of spinach or something. Like, it, it was really interesting because he did have what appeared to be the body parts, but they were made out of vegetation. 
So Dr. Woodrew is hired in order to do all of this autopsy, and he figures out that bullets are probably not going to kill Swamp Thing. Yeah, like you can't kill a vegetable with bullets. You you shoot a tree, it's just going to absorb the bullet and probably grow around it later. It's not a big deal. Right. Um. So they all ignore him. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, he tries to tell them, like, hey, yeah. you didn't kill this dude. And you you did the autopsy. You figured out all these things. Thank you very much. You are done with your job. See you later. Goodbye. Yeah, and in and, the background, <laughs> he turns the temperature down in the freezer. And so he walks over. He makes sure that Swamp Thing has the chance to come back to life. And Alec Holland has the chance to come back to life and wreck face. Yeah, and that's what he does. And it's great. He, I mean, Alan Moore bringing back Swamp Thing was incredible. I really like what he did with this. It was one of the few stories of Swamp Thing that I read that I actually enjoyed. Yeah. So there's an issue that Alan Moore did that is actually a transition into Crisis of Infinite Earths. Uh, but it is a it's a retelling or a reimagining of the Winchester House. It's an analog for the Winchester House. It's obviously not in this story. It's the Cambridge House. But it's the Winchester house. Oh, yeah. They even mention at the beginning of that comic, they're talking about the guns from the Cambridge family. And one of the characters that is going to the Cambridge house says, yeah, but wasn't the Winchester gun way more deadly? <laughs> it kills tons of more people. Right. More people were using the Winchester gun. But here we are at the Cambridge house where it is built all the rooms, stairs go. It's haunted. It's haunted. It was a lot of fun. It was just a fun issue. It was. Uh, and you know, Swamp Thing saves the day in that one. Fights off some ghouls, fights off some ghosts. Constantine and shows up. Constantine shows up. And that's always a good day. Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like every time <laughs> Constantine shows up, Swamp Thing is just like, God damn it. Again? <laughs> yeah, so Constantine pulls him uh, into a pocket universe so that they can do and deal with Crisis of Infinite Earths, which we've talked about before. In and, our Superman episode. Yeah. And Superman, Superman wins the day and so does Swamp Thing. Yeah, at the end of the day, basically. And then Alan Moore introduces a major character, the Parliament of Trees. Without the Parliament of Trees, we don't have modern-day Swamp Thing. Yeah, They're totally. basically a group of past avatars that have retired. Their internal human body has passed away, and so the green that is left is able to move to this location, sort of like an elephant graveyard, I think is how they describe it. Yeah. And they just waste away. And they're there. They're alive. They can communicate, but usually they choose not to. Right. And I think Swamp Thing actually goes to them to try and get help during the Crisis on Infinite Earth stuff, and they deny him because he doesn't have his human body. He is not a true avatar right. because of the lack of a human body. Yeah, and that's, I think, God, can you imagine being Swamp Thing, this this creature that the entirety of the world has rejected, and you find your people, and then they reject you too? It's brutal. Yeah, poor it's guy. awful. But this all will bring us into Dark Avatar. Right, so I'm going to tell you a little bit. We kind of skipped some stuff. Oh, so with we? Swamp Thing, yeah, Alan Moore's run ended. We read kind of the end of that. But there was a few series that we completely skipped because they weren't under DC's title. They were under Vertigo's title. And the reason we skipped them was because a lot of it's kind of been retconned. So we skipped a series where uh, Swamp Thing has a daughter and it's all about her and a few other things. So for us, our next point in reading was the Dark Avatar, which was during the Brightest Day series. Uh, and we had talked a little bit about Blackest Night in our Green Lantern episode. So Brightest Day is the follow-up to that. We didn't read most of Brightest Day. I can kind of figure out what's going on. There's a White Lantern that's showing up. 
It's disrupted the Green Lantern. There's some things going on. Sort of. We're uh, going to read it eventually. I hope so, because it looks like a fun story. You don't seem overly excited about it. I'm not. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad you are, because I'm not. Brightest Day was a hard read for yeah. me, uh, but I do really like the way it ended with in- reintroducing Swamp Thing. Right, and so with Brightest Day, uh, the Swamp Thing has been absorbed by Necron. Like, the two are ambiguous. They're out in the world. Uh, they've both been killed at this point. Yeah, so at the end of Blackest Night, Necron is basically the avatar of death. And he has been killed. He was absorbed by the Earth. And, of course, Swamp Thing's body has absorbed the memories of Alec Holland. And that was why he was walking around with these vegetation organs and whatnot. Well, it makes sense that the same creature that absorbed Alec Holland's DNA and memory would then, of course, absorb Necron's DNA and memory. So he appears and believes himself to be the new Necron, basically. And he starts wrecking face. This version of Swamp Thing is super super powerful. powerful. Yeah, it's crazy. But the White Lantern has a plan. He sacrifices Dead Man to resurrect Alan Holland, who is the real Swamp Thing. But it wasn't really Alec Holland earlier, but now it is Alec Holland. Yeah, so it was basically like they find Alec Holland's body and resurrect his actual body. And when he appears, the Parliament of Trees is immediately like, oh, you're our avatar. Where the hell have you been? And they immediately appear to him, give him his Swamp Thing powers, and then he's able to fight off the Necron Swamp Thing. And Swamp Thing wins the day. Yep. As often happens. Thank goodness. And that's pretty much uh, what leads us into the new 52 for Swamp Thing. Yeah, it is, because you've kind of got Swamp Thing started off. It's, It's Alec Holland in his body again. And he's really not too sure what to do, because he has all these memories of a Swamp Thing, but it's not him. And it's it, he kind of he hasn't been around, so he's kind of lost. He's in this weird world where he's been dead for the last X amount of years. I enjoyed how the artwork has him working in a logging camp somewhere in Louisiana. Uh, it, it's Alec Holland. Yeah, it's a human working in a logging camp with these memories, and then Superman just shows up, just wants to say hi. Yeah, Superman's like, "Yo, bro, I've died a few times. I know what it's like. How it, you doing? It's no fun, and now you're back." Uh, so cool. It is kind of nice to know that these superheroes have somewhat of like a small support community, though. The idea of like, hey, we've all died before. We kind of know what comes along with that. So if you need some help, buddy, like... Just ring me up. Just, just ring, ring up. Superman up. I'd love to just, have Superman on speed dial. Just make a trip to Metropolis from Louisiana. Right. <laughs> Which I wonder where in relation that is, you know? Uh, who knows? Uh, it's New York, right? I don't know. But it seems like at this point, Alec has continued his work. He went ahead and recreated that bio formula that he was working on all the way back in the beginning when, from his original story. Well, sure. He wakes up and it's like he nothing has happened. He was yeah. working on a biorestorative formula. He died and now he's back awake and he should be working on a biorestorative formula. Kind of sad Linda's gone, but he does what he has to do. Right. So he actually decides that he's going to just throw away the formula because he's, he doesn't want anyone to get their hands on it. He's out. He's about to toss it in the swamp, and, and a new, an old uh, swamp thing shows up. Yeah, an ancient avatar, and because he has left the Parliament of Trees, he can never go back, and he's going to wither away and die. But it was worth the sacrifice in order to talk Alec Holland into becoming the avatar of the Green. Right, he's kind of like the the Parliament of Trees Jehovah's Witness. Like, do you have a second to talk about the Parliament of Trees? Uh, I do, I do, I do, actually. Alec Holland didn't. He didn't want anything to do with them. Uh, you know, he basically says, like, hey, you've you've had my time. I don't want anything to do with this. 
and he refuses the Parliament of Trees. Yeah. He has this rememory of uh, Abby, and he wants to find her, or he understands that he's in love with Abby in some way, shape, or form. Sure, sure. And uh, the one of the last things that this avatar tells him before his body completely withers away is run away from the woman with white hair. Right. And one of the really other important things that he explains to him is that the human body is what keeps kind of the Swamp Thing's avatars in check. Like, without that human body, at case in point, the previous Swamp Thing, you're just a big ball of green rage. The human body is what kind of keeps you intact. And as he's fading away, he says, stay away from the girl with the white hair. So sitting there talking to the avatar of the green, uh, the body finally fades away. And then who shows up and attacks but the unmen? Oh, yeah, those nasty monsters we talked about earlier. And they are just as gross, if not grosser today, as they were 40 years ago. Oh, yeah. And is this where we're also introduced to the idea of the rot and the fact that the arcanes are tied to the rot. I think that this is the first time that it's really made clear that Arcane probably has some sort of archaic power and that he's tied to something more than just being like an evil dude that has all these issues. And you kind of learn that there are three balancing forces in our world today. There's the red, who is animal man. That's the meat. Or the life force, basically. And then you have the rot. When the red dies, they become the rot. Right. And then when the rot nourishes the green in order to preserve the the plants, and then the plants grow and the red eats the plant. It's a cycle it's of a life. It's a cycle of life. Yeah. It's a triumvirate. It's a balancing of the three. Those are three ancient powers, and they're constantly fighting to become the winners. So whenever one becomes too strong, the other two band together to bring it back down to a normal plane. But here we have the rot who is attacking the green. Yep. And of course, who shows up but the white-haired woman? Abby shows up. And saves the day. Basically, Alec is a scientist. He doesn't have Swamp Thing powers right now. He's being attacked by unmen. Abby shows up with a shotgun and kills them all. Oh, yeah. And he kind of remembers her and even says, like, I remember you, but I don't really know you. It's like, I remember you, but I, yeah, it's like, kind I've, of a weird thing. My All of my memories with you are from a third-party perspective, basically. It's odd. It's like watching a television show. Yeah. And then we are introduced to William Arcane. He's uh, basically a bubble boy at this point yeah. in a, some secluded hospital of some sort. He's been told he's allergic to chlorophyll and he can't come in contact with the outside world. Really kind of confused about what's going on, but it is all made clear later. He is the nephew of Lord Arcane. Yeah, so he's Abby's half-brother. Half-brother to Abby. And it turns out that Abby actually is the one that put him in this hospital, basically trying to keep him away from the rot. Right, keep him completely separated from the world, therefore he can't become an evil mother... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but it doesn't really work out, because he's being picked on in this hospital, and for some reason dead fish on the wall are talking to him. It's Lord Arcane, or maybe what we find out later are the totems, the Parliament of Rot, trying to communicate with them. Right. Come and join us. They want William to become their new avatar. Yeah. And basically, Abby tells Swamp Thing, like, hey, we got to go get William because he is off right now trying to destroy the world, kind of. I mean, he's looking for this avatar named Seth. And he's going to reintroduce Rot to the world. Like, he escapes from this hospital, and he starts to do really weird little evil stuff for a kid. 
kills an entire diner of people. Right. Uh, and that's when Swamp Thing shows up and tries to stop him and keep him trapped in a tree. And the whole time he's in the tree, he's like, you can't do this. I'm allergic <laughs> to chlorophyll. I'll and die. And we find out maybe he's not allergic to chlorophyll. I'm convinced Abby, Abby just said that to keep him in. Oh, that, absolutely. You know? There's no way because he never wears a mask again. You never see no. William with a mask. No. But it was a good move by Abby, right? Yeah, I think so. And it's kind of strange here, too, because this is when Swamp Thing actually tells Abby uh, that he's had nightmares for like years and years and years of him being this kid leaf. And Abby was always in his nightmares. And it's really odd because this is when Abby kind of says, like, yeah, I've had all these nightmares as a kid, too, but you were always there. And they decide, like, hey, maybe we were meant for each other. And that's when they kiss. And this the whole time, William's up in the tree and he's freaking out. It's like this weird bonding moment. So the green becomes infected by the rot. Yeah, I guess like the two of them kissing was what allowed the rot into the green. That makes a little bit of sense. The two touch together. That You encounter this whole idea later. The two of them can't touch, otherwise bad things happen. Sure, sure. Uh, and then you're introduced to another story where this man from America has traveled to, I guess, South America at this point. It's kind of hard to tell. It's a little ambiguous. But he is headed towards the Parliament of Trees. Right. And he opens his shirt, and he is infected by the rot. And he attacks all of the people around him, all the Indians or the native people that are protecting the Parliament of Trees. They all become infected, and they work on burning down the entire Parliament of Trees. Yeah, and it's really, really awful because back with Abby and Swamp Thing, they get attacked by a bunch of unmen and rock creatures. So Swamp Thing left completely weakened. He's actually killed at this point. And the green, the work, the Parliament of Trees, while they are burning, they are losing their power. They try, well, they don't try. They actually save Alec Holland at this point yeah, to he's, make him suffer. Yeah, because he gets buzzsawed with a chainsaw by one of these rot men, like right in the chest. <sighs> Just And you can see that, I mean, it was beautiful artwork. Chainsaw coming through this dude's chest. He's sitting there bent over, and then all of a sudden the green like kind of protects him. And they lift him up, and they just, they're just they starting to chastise him. You didn't want to become our avatar. This is why this has happened. Now we're burning. We are all going to die. This is really terrible. Look at what you have done to us. It's all your fault. It's all your fault, Alec Holland. Why did you do this to us? And while they're chastising him, Alec Holland's thinking the whole time. Yeah, and this is when he's like, okay, uh, go ahead. Make me one of the green. And they're too weak to do it at this point. You can't do it. Uh, yeah, that's right. Alec is trying to say, yes, make me Swamp Thing. I will do it. I will defeat these people i have my memories of what happens when i'm swamp thing i can do it and the parliament says no absolutely not you've waited too long we're too weak and he goes wait a minute i've got a solution bio restorative formula we'll throw it in the parliament of trees you can make me the avatar and i will save everybody and that's what happens very convenient it is but i also think it's kind of cool the parliament of trees is burning but he is somehow able to take their essence and move them and make a new Parliament of Trees. Yeah, I, it was really a neat way to kind of transition him back into Swamp Thing. I really, I really like the introductory of the New Fifty Two Swamp Thing. It's the the hero story. First, he refuses to become the hero, then he becomes the hero, and moving on down the line. Yep. And that is the New Fifty Two for Swamp Thing. So, Adam, you love Animal Man so much. Why don't you tell us about New Fifty Two for Animal Man? 
and I'll jump in and annoy you as much as possible. All right, so we actually open up with kind of an, uh, I want to say a prologue of Animal Man 52, and we're actually following another avatar of the Red that's not Buddy Baker at all. We see a man that gets killed by the rot, and then it transitions back over to the totems of the Red. And these are these kind of creatures that I guess are in control of the Red. They're the the essential life force, I guess you could say. They're having a meeting talking about how their avatar was murdered by the Rot. The Rot's getting out of control. They're cheating in all of this, I guess, circle of life kind of deal. They need an impromptu avatar right now instead of waiting for the next one to be born. Apparently that's a thing where avatars had to be born and then transition to avatars and they're introduced from the time they're a child this idea of the red and how to deal with it. Right. Because otherwise, if you were just an adult, it would like warp your brain. Like you're you're too mature or you you know too much to actually believe in this, basically. So what do they do? They stage an alien attack and they transition Buddy Baker into Animal Man. An alien crash. Yeah. But I mean, they, in this, they really go further into it to where he's been picked up by the aliens. They've got these creatures operating on him, pulling out his organs, putting in new organs, basically attaching the red life force to Animal Man. It was such a grotesque panel with his chest just wide open. Yeah. And the reason that they chose Buddy Baker is because his daughter, Maxine, is going to be the next avatar of the red so their thought process is well we'll go ahead and get her dad so that way he's familiar with it she'll be familiar with it when she's born because he's got it and then we can just pretty much kill him off and take her as the new avatar and buddy baker is a great choice he's a stunt man he already has natural athletic prowess yeah and in this series he has been a stunt man for a while and he has actually just debuted in his own film uh he's the star it's an indie film so you know you don't really quite know if it's going to be successful or not but it is his own he's no longer the stunt man also, superheroes are super prevalent within his universe, so he understands who superheroes are, and so they frame it in that context. He is now a superhero, and that's cool. And yeah. Buddy Baker, just like the original one, can just accept being a superhero. Yeah. No big deal. It's pretty awesome. So we get to see a little bit of his day-to-day -day life. Uh, we actually, there's a really funny panel where Maxine is complaining that she wants a dog. And Buddy's like, you know, we can't have one animal because my powers will attune to that one animal and I'll become more like that one and not be able to utilize the rest, which I thought was kind of strange. So he decides he wants to jump back into the game and become a superhero again. He kind of has a conversation with Ellen who doesn't really seem like she's super excited for it, but he kind of does it anyways. Uh, they notice that there is a children's hospital that's being held hostage by this poor man who lost his daughter, and he's basically just gone crazy. He's trying to get his daughter back, and Buddy Baker thinks, wow, great time to be reintroduced to the superhero world. Pull the Animal Man costume out of the mothballs and throw it back on. Right? So he shows up and he saves the day. But it's interesting because whenever he taps into the red, he gets like these rhino powers to tackle this guy. His eyes start to bleed. And Detective Crenshaw sees him and is like, whoa, dude, you got to get this checked out. And he's investigated kind of by a doctor, and the doctor's like, well, everything seems to be okay. Um, so he goes home. He's back at the house. He's gone to sleep. Just a normal, average day for Animal Man. And he starts having these crazy nightmares about his daughter being, like, infected by the rot and coming after him and going after his wife. And he wakes up, and he goes outside, and he sees his little daughter, Maxine, has resurrected all of these dead animals from the death. And they're just walking around. They're they're skeletons. They're zombie animals. They're not. It's not like she was able to restore their full right. body or anything. So there's like this little cat skeleton sitting right next to her. 
Hey, I can only imagine it's like the entire neighborhood's dead animals that they've, you know, put in the backyard. Disgusting. And uh, she tells him, like, Daddy, I'd feel this weird pull to the red. Like, I feel this life force. And that's when he's like, oh, shit, what are we dealing with here? <laughs> you know, you can kind of tell. Like, I imagine if you're a dad and your little daughter is, like, raising animals from the dead, you're just like, hmm. Well, this isn't going to work. Uh, yeah. So, uh, basically, the next few issues are them going into the red. They actually, she is able to read these, like, blood vessels that show up on his body. It's like this tattoo map, almost, to the red itself. So, they follow these red tattoos, and they go and they meet the totems of the red. And it's interesting because the red totems basically tell them, like, hey, we're just here to exist. We don't actually fight anything. Like, we let you guys kind of do our bidding. And the hunters from the rot show up. It's the three hunters that killed the original Animal Man in the prologues. And they start wrecking face. Two of them do. And they almost kill Buddy Baker. And the whole time that Buddy is trying to fight off these rot monsters, the avatars, the totems, are telling Maxine, like, hey, it's your time. Go ahead and take over. And Buddy's like, she's just a little girl. She's four years old, man. And it's crazy because Buddy just gets beaten down. And this is when Maxine kind of has this break. And she's like, okay, I, I can't do this. And she destroys both of them. Just makes both of these rot monsters explode. She has uh, this connection to the red that is way stronger than Buddy Baker's at this point. Oh, it's on a whole nother level. And they even kind of explain that they didn't give Buddy the full access to the red. He couldn't handle it. He, yeah, because his brain was too mature. So one of the totems decides that they're going to return to the real world with Maxine to help her become the Avatar of Red. This is pretty fantastic. And it is a cat totem that turns into this little hairless cat that Maxine then calls Socks. I love Socks. And Buddy Baker hates Socks. Yes, he does. Like He has this kind of real smart aleck attitude towards Socks. It's really great. So while they've been off adventuring in the Red, Buddy's wife, Ellen, has been dealing with, I'm sure, this poor... Teenage son Cliff, who is probably driving her up a wall, and they are actually attacked by the other hunter that stayed in the Earth realm, I guess you could call it. Uh, she is able to get a hold of Detective Crenshaw, who Buddy told her, like, hey, if you run into problems, give him a call. They meet up with him, and this hunter kills Crenshaw and steals his body. So they've got this rock creature in a Detective Crenshaw suit. It's very reminiscent of Men in Black. Yes, that's exactly what I was about to comment. That's great. So they are heading off to Ellen's mother's farm where they are going to, I guess it's kind of like a safe point, like a meetup point. They agree that's where they would meet if they ever ran into problems. Right. And at this point, Detective Crenshaw takes Cliff off into the woods and is about to kill him. And that's when Buddy, Maxine, and Socks show up and Maxine's able to kill this monster, this rot hunter, by summoning all of these animals in the forest to come and eat it. And whenever these animals start to eat this rot monster, the rot now has access to the red, just like they gained access to the green. That can't be good. No, it's not. And the whole time that this starts to happen, Maxine just breaks into tears and she's crying and she's like, mommy, I did something wrong. I did something wrong. Like, this isn't the way it was supposed to happen. It was heartbreaking. Oh, it was I really sad. something bad. Yeah. And so uh, the rot monsters are now all over the place and they're heading after the Baker family who all load up in an RV, an RV and, and take drive off. Drive off. And the last thing you see is only Swamp Thing can save us now. From good old Socks. Yep. So Socks is aware that there is a Avatar of the Green. As they should. They're all three of the the colors are aware of the other one. So now we get to go into probably one of my favorite crossover events of all time, and it is called Rot World. 
This one's pretty extensive. Uh, everybody get your listening ears on. It's going to take a minute. Yeah, so this crossover event is being written by two of my favorite writers from the DC Universe. Uh, Animal Man is being written by Jeff Lemire, and Swamp Thing is being written by Scott Snyder. Fantastic writers, both of them. Yeah. This run really was mean. super entertaining for me to read. Yeah, Lemire has written some of my favorite comics of all time. He's just a phenomenal writer. I love everything that that guy does. And we're going to jump back and forth with this because there are issues of Animal Man released that is then followed up by an issue of a Swamp Thing release, but they tie together, and they happen concurrently within this universe. Exactly, and I'll be honest, I love the way that DC did this, because unlike so many crossover events in all of these comics, where you have like 15 different individual issues from 15 different characters, and then the actual crossover event has its own comic line, and it's confusing. There's just like 100 issues. Instead, with Rot World, it was just Animal Man 13, Swamp Thing 13, Animal Man 14, Animal Man 14. So as an outsider coming in, it is super easy to keep track of. It really is. Like, you just have to read Animal Man and Swamp Thing. All right, so let's talk about Rot World. Let's get right to the point. Animal Man and Swamp Thing basically meet up. They have realized that their two forces are kind of needing to bind together to fight off the rot. And at this point, Swamp Thing is full-on Swamp Thing, uh, and he's standing next to Abby Arcane in the swamps of Louisiana right. when Buddy Baker shows up. Uh, is with Socks with him at this point? Socks and Maxine are also there, yes. And, you know, it's one of those things where they're opening up this portal to the rot so that way they can go into it. And they actually kind of use this, like, tether that ties them back to the main world so that way they don't lose their powers, basically. Created by Swamp Thing is like a part of him right. so he can stay in the real world versus exactly. the rot world. So they get into the rot and their families, well, not their entire family because Ellen and Cliff are elsewhere, but Abby and Maxine are right outside of this portal. So Swamp Thing and Animal Man are down into the portal of this rot, and they keep going further and further into the rot. In fact, they find like a ladder that they're climbing down. And or Swamp Thing has created a ladder for Animal Man to uh, climb down. Climb I, down. It was kind of ambiguous on which way it was. And Animal Man doesn't have any of his powers because he can't seem to reach out to any animals. They're all dead here. He's not connected to the red at all. He's in right. the rot. And they run into Anton Arcane who severs their connection back to the real world and basically says, screw you guys, the rot already won. Like, while you've been down here, an entire year has passed. And they kind of poof into existence in this new rot world. It's a year from when they went into the rot portal, and they're in this awful, ca catastrophic, post-apocalyptic rot world. And so from now on, we're going to call this the future. Exactly. And then anything that happened when they went into the portal Is will the be past. the past. So in the past, Abby and Maxine are having to deal with all of these rot creatures that are coming out of the portal. They're able to defeat them and close that portal, and they kind of decide to go their separate ways. Abby is deciding to go back to her homeland to kind of address some issues back home with the rot itself, while Maxine is going to go and try and find her family. Which makes sense. This is the splitting of the two stories at this point. Right. So in the future, Swamp Thing and Animal Man have actually appeared in completely separate areas of the actual catastrophic world. So do you think Lord Arcane has sent them back out into the real world, expelled them from the rot, 
and he chose where to send them. I'm not sure if he chose where to send them or if they just kind of showed up in their respective places. Maybe the two other parliaments were working for their own avatar and then brought drew them back to the real world. Maybe because it kind of turns out the Animal Man ends up near the new Totems of Red and Swamp Thing ends up near the new Parliament of Trees. So I think they just kind of got pulled back to their original, I guess, kingdoms. Yeah, it seems like uh, Lord Arcane expelled them and then they were drawn to these specific areas. Right, and it's explained to both of them by their equivalent kingdom leaders that almost all of the big superheroes are dead or have been converted to the rot. The only people still alive are people connected to the rot, the red, or the green. And that's it. And it's pretty awful, this new area where they both drop in. At least for Swamp Thing, he's in the middle of the desert. Yeah, it's And he nasty. thinks he's like... He, I'm, from the, it sounds like he believes he's in the Sahara Desert. Right. He's somewhere in Africa, and he needs to travel all the way back to Louisiana and get back into the swamps. And they and they look at him and go, uh, you're in Louisiana. These are the swamps. You're screwed. Yeah, and, and so when you say they, you're talking about Ivy and Deadman oh, and yeah, the yeah. Parliament of Trees, right? He is met by Ivy and Deadman when he comes back. Poison Ivy from the Batman series, and then Deadman, who is from the Deadman series. Yeah, he, you don't know who Deadman is yet. Not yeah. a freaking clue. So what's but interesting he's Deadman. He's a ghost or something. That exactly, that yeah. He's able to possess bodies right. in some way. And he even mentions in this that uh, the only reason he's alive is because he's able to possess the rot and basically nullify them. And it works. Yeah, because he's not tied to the green or the rot or the red. He's just dead. So, like, he didn't die again. You can't die again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dead Man's really cool. Uh, we're going to talk more about him later at some point, but I like Dead Man a lot. That's season 11. He meets up with the Parliament of Trees, and they explain to him, do they really? Yeah. Do they explain to him that Abby was murdered by Arcane? Yeah, because they ask him. They're That's like, right. They're like, because he, he's like, okay, well, where's Abby? What's gotcha, going on? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and finally, Ivy and Deadman take him to meet the Parliament of Trees, and they try to explain to Swamp Thing that Abby was murdered by Arcane, and Swamp Thing argues back, no, I can feel her. She's here I can feel her. I have got to go find her. Right. And he's basically like, I'm going to go find her and I'm going to go deal with this rot. And at this point, it's neat because Swamp Thing is really, really, really powerful. He's in the Parliament of Trees. He's in the green at right. this point. So he's massive. Like what I would say in Pathfinder terminology, he's gargantuan. Absolutely. Like and 30 he has, feet tall. He has these huge wings that are reminiscent of the supernatural angels. Yeah. Just these huge wings. And he's... He can do pretty much whatever he wants at yep. this point. And they explain to him, like, hey, if you leave, your powers are going to dwindle. Like, the further away you get from the green... I'm still going to go find Abby. And yep. if they weren't a bunch of trees, at this point, they would be throwing their hands in the air. Yeah, they'd be making that my favorite ASCII emoji. The, the what's going on? What, what? So let's go back over to Animal Man real quick. Because Animal Man is actually meeting up with some survivors of the Red. And they have built a really small Red Sanctuary... So these survivors include Beast Boy, Black Orchard, Constantine, and the Steel Superman. And they're explaining to him, like, hey, this is all that's left. There is basically no one in the red. In fact, he's trying to reach out to different animals and creatures, and he almost has no powers. Because they're all dead. They've all been given over to the rot. The powers are way too faint at this point. He, he has nothing. Right. He's a human again. Right. And it's really great, because who attacks them? Nonetheless, but Gorilla Grodd. Just as convenient as a circus wreck of elephants. <laughs> yeah, literally just as convenient. So, of course, with the Gorilla City attacking, he's able to use a little bit of his powers. He 
combines the gorilla powers and he punches them all in the face. Yeah, uh, but you know what? Who shows up and saves the day? We'll tell you in a second. Because I want you to tell me more about Swamp Thing. What's going on with that? All right, so we're going to jump over to the next Swamp Thing. And uh, he is talking with uh, Poison Ivy and Dead Man. And Dead Man, uh, he's going out to find Abby. And Dead Man has said, look, I'll go with you. uh, But you're going to need a weapon. And I've heard about a weapon. That's the classic quest giver. He had a little exclamation point over his head. (laughs) He says, you need to find a weapon, and I know a guy who's got one. Uh, I don't know who built it, but it was probably in Gotham. Hmm. Right? Uh, Like, anytime Gotham's mentioned, no one matters but one man. It was probably Joker. Yeah, I I mean, that makes sense. He probably just wanted to get that last final joke in. No, it was uh, absolutely Batman working on a version of the bio-restorative formula. And so they travel to Gotham, they enter the cave, and sure enough, Batman has been converted to rot. He's disgusting, he attacks. He's like this giant bat creature. It's gross. He reminds me of the bat thing. I don't know if you know who the bat thing is or not. Nope. We're going to get there. Okay. But who saves them but Barbara Gordon? Yeah. And she is still alive. For some reason, she is protected because she is taking the bat serum, and that protects her from the rot. Barbara is able to point him to the lab where Batman is working on a bio-restoration formula. And they all head out to Arkham Asylum. Yeah, so it turns out that Arkham Asylum has like become this haven for normal individual humans that survived. Uh, it's a fortress. They can protect themselves from the rot creatures, the unmen that are attacking everywhere. And so they do. They find the bio-restoration formula, and they all head out to Anton Kane's castle. So we're going to cut off there with Swamp Thing and pick back up with Animal Man. Right. So with Animal Man, they are saved by none other than Frankenstein. Wait, Frankenstein? Yes. He's a Mary Shelley story. What is happening? The Frankenstein. The exact same Frankenstein. He is a huge part of this series. Because he shows up and he saves the day. I mean, Animal Man is, yes, he's using Gorilla Grodd's animal powers to kind of fight him back, but it's just not enough, man. Can we just just pause real quick? Yeah. I why is Frankenstein in this story at all? Is he like another character that has appeared before or is oh, this yeah. the first time we've no, met Frankenstein? No, no. Frankenstein, he's he's in DC several times. In fact, him and Constantine interact quite a bit. He is normally part of the dark DC stuff. So like Justice League Dark is a big one where they kind of have more of the horror creatures. And Frankenstein is a hero. Yeah, he can be. It depends. He's very similar to Swamp Thing, where he tries to be a hero, but then people kind of backlash because he's a monster. So he's a bit of an anti-hero. Kind of, yeah. And the cool thing is, is in this, I guess, because he is not really alive or dead, the Rot couldn't take him. Because he kind of has his own army of undead. He has a connection to the Rot. Yeah. In a way, so he's still there alive. Okay, I w- had a ton of questions about that, but we'll keep going. So they all end up banding together, and they travel towards Metropolis. Why are they headed to Metropolis? Yeah, so they all headed there because they were told about some sort of uh, immense power, and I'm guessing they probably thought it was Superman. I would. You're headed to Metropolis, you meet Superman. You go to Gotham, you meet Batman. Right. However, once they get to Metropolis, they actually find a Green Lantern that has been holed up. That's a nice left turn. It is, uh, and it's not who you would think it is. It's not, you know, Guy Gardner or Kyle Rayner or John Stewart or even Hal Jordan. None of them. It's this weird plant Green Lantern, which and makes sense. He's connected to the Green, therefore he's still alive. Exactly. He was what sent there by the Guardians? Of course. So the Guardians, being the pricks that they were, instead of stepping in and helping out, just decided to quarantine Earth. 
And after all of their Green Lanterns are killed off, or at least all of their Earth Green Lanterns are killed off, they send a Green Lantern from a whole other sector who comes from like a plant planet. So he is naturally connected to the green. And this is the first time we're introduced to the concept that the green, the red, the rod, all of it stretches past Earth. It's not just bound to our planet. So he's sent there in hopes that he may be able to push back the rot. However, it took him over and they captured him. Yeah, the rot won. They the rot was able to defeat a Green Lantern. Yeah. And that's pretty good. It is pretty good. But I mean, essentially the rot has like blackened out the atmosphere. Like there's no sun. This place is just disgusting. So this poor plant creature had a hard time actually being powered, even with the Green Lantern power. So I guess that's probably why he was overpowered in general. So they free him, they get him all loosey-goosey and ready to go fight, and they're headed to Anton Arcane's castle as well. Yeah, they even get the Green Lantern ring back for him. Yeah. So he's got it back on, and they're headed out. And so conveniently, Animal Man and Swamp Thing arrive at Anton's castle at the same time. Yeah, and they both have to kind of fight their retrospective, I guess, power equivalent of the Justice League. Uh, Swamp Thing is on one side of the castle when he arrives, and he is teamed up against none other than the Superman. The Rot Superman. Oh, it's disgusting. And this is a very powerful creature that Swamp Thing has to fight. 1v1. And he ends up taking him out using the power of the sun to like corrupt his rotness. It was really, really cool. And then, uh, but he also has a secret weapon. The which is this big biobot, and they have to get it into the atmosphere at 72 miles an hour in order to explode in the atmosphere to defeat the rot. Right, and the whole time that Swamp Thing is trying to handle this, Animal Man is having to fight the Flash and other members of the Justice League who Frankenstein and some of the other members of the Red are helping fight off. But his, he is primarily kind of going down with the Flash. And it's crazy because he's able to match him just a little bit. And he even mentions like, wow, the Flash isn't quite as fast as he normally is. Thank goodness the Rot version is a little slower. For some random reason. Maybe it's like muscle atrophy or something, you right. know? Of course. So, and they got to write something in so they can explain later why Animal Man could keep up with Flash here, but not when Flash is full on. Sure, exactly. And Animal Man is able to basically like duke him out and he runs right into a rock, which... Seems like a really odd ending for a Flash, but who knows? Maybe the Rot Flash didn't have too much of a brain. He could go really fast, but his reflexes are really slow because they're uh, rotten upstairs. Yeah. So Frankenstein and Green Lantern, or this Green Lantern, are telling Animal Man, like, hey, you got to go meet up with Swamp Thing. You guys have got to get together. You got to get this handled. Take care of it. And this is when, unfortunately, the new Green Lantern dies. And that Green Lantern ring chooses Frankenstein, and he's the new Green Lantern of this world, which I thought was a nice little, you know, side Just note. skipped over. The Green Lantern is killed. Yeah. Beheaded. It's really sad. It is. But it's not Hal Jordan, so I don't care. <laughs> it never shows up again. Like, completely All right. unneeded Green Lantern. Never seen again. Well, you know, they had to have something there. But yeah, it was really cool how the Green uh, Lantern ring was like, oh, I found a candidate. No problem. Yeah. Zips over to Frankenstein. Frankenstein's like, oh, yeah, the ring. I got this. Right. Rather than any attuning, nothing needed, he just immediately starts wielding the power of the Green Lantern ring. And it's pretty cool because his arm had been cut off at some point in time, and he That's uses right. the Green Lantern ring to like form an arm holding an axe. It's amazing how innately he just knew how to use that ring. And so one side of the castle is being attacked by Animal Man and his forces, and then on the other side is Swamp Thing attacking, and I think Shepard shows up at some point to assist 
with the uh, attack. He's got like doggy archers with him or something. Yeah, he's got kind of like more warriors of the red. But what's nuts is Superman is taking on this entire army by himself. And then you have the entire Justice League of America on the other side of the castle right. to deal with the other forces. It just shows you how strong Superman is. It's it, insane. He's a force. And the fact that Swamp Thing can stand up against him is what blows my mind. Because you don't innately think Swamp Thing is all that powerful, I guess. And so you see him one-on-one with Superman. And this the bio-restoration formula, too, that allows him to have this like superpower. He even takes uh, veins, construction that pumps the fluid through him. Yes. Uh, Swamp Thing has that construction on his back and it's just pumping this bio-restoration formula it's into so Swamp cool. Thing. And so that what allows him to deal with Superman. Yeah, I absolutely love the idea of Swamp Thing just having this like, basically his version of steroids being pumped into him like crazy. And then both sides win. Animal yeah. Man wins, Swamp Thing wins. So they both enter Arcane's castle. Yeah, so Swamp Thing and Animal Man are able to meet up. Arcane is attacking them. Animal Man's trying to handle Arcane while Swamp Thing is trying to get this bat bot or this bio-restorative weapon up into the space. It basically looks like the Iron Giant with the bat symbol in the middle. That's a pretty good description. Yeah. So he's able to get it in the atmosphere. It blows up right around the same time the Animal Man is kind of kicking Arcane's ass, and it destroys the rot. So Arcane runs into his castle, and Animal Man and Swamp Thing are about to follow, but they get attacked by Abby and Maxine, the rot versions of Abby and Maxine. And it's an awful fight. Could you imagine fighting the love of your life with this disgusting creature. Oh, man. We find out earlier uh, Anton Arcane did succeed in killing Abby, and he didn't just kill her. He scorpioned her. Yeah. He, like the, the finishing move from Mortal Kombat, he just rips her head completely off of her body, and it's a scene of the spine dangling out of the bottom of her bit of her disembodied head. Yeah, and we find out that Maxine was basically tricked into giving herself over to the Rot because the three hunters of the Rot had taken control of Ellen and her grandmother and also her brother Cliff, and they basically said, hey, give us your life and we'll let them go free. And so she does because she thinks like, oh, it's okay. Daddy will be here to save the day. And when I was taking my notes, that's actually what I wrote down is uh, she believes in daddy. Yeah. So they come out of this castle and they're just grotesque and disgusting and poor Swamp Thing and Animal Man have got to fight them off and kill them. They do. And they succeed. They do. And, I mean, they know what they got to do to save the day. I just, I can't imagine being a father having to kill your daughter that has already, you failed. You know what I mean? The willpower of these fictional characters are immense. Yeah. So they follow in Arcane to his castle, who is trying to escape into this like portal. Uh, yeah, um, there's a line where Lord Arcane says, I have control over death. I can do this as many times as necessary in order to succeed. So it's like a time portal. And, and this is kind of where I had the question when you and I were discussing this. How many times do you think Arcane has gone back in time and had to do this over and over and over and over just to get to this point? As dumb as Arcane is, I'm going to go with a hundred. Yeah, like I can't imagine this is his first bout. He has to know that this keeps, like, he probably changes little things every time. Like, this time I stab her in the gut, and this time I take over this part of the country first. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So he disappears. Back in time to start it all over again. And I, I got to get the feeling that Swamp Thing and Animal Man are probably just sitting there like, well... They're staring at a concrete floor. Like, what do you what do? What do you do next? And who shows up with the Parliament of Rot? 
Talking, really weird left turn. Talking to the Avatar of the Red and the Avatar of the Green. Yeah, and they basically say like, hey guys, we're the Parliament of the Rot and we screwed up. <laughs> Whoops. Anton is taking us way farther than we meant. Our bad. We're going to need you two to go save the world. Yeah. Because the Parliament, the Totems, none of them actually, they're like the Guardians of Oa. Kind of like they a, don't do shit, right? For like any of them, like the Parliament of Trees, the the Totems of the Red, the Parliament of Rot, they kind of just stand around and observe, and then eventually they're kind of like admit their mistakes, and they're like, "Whoops, uh, we're gonna need you to go clean that up, would you?" Just like that, Animal Man and Swamp Thing get sent through the rot, and there's this really great panel of both of them struggling to make it through the other end. Because Swamp Thing is being decomposed and like turning into this nasty vegetation that's rotted. Animal Man is feeling death itself from like all of the different animals, what they feel when they're dying. And they don't think they can make it through. And you hear in their inner monologues, and it's just this awful breakdown. And pop, just like that, Animal Man shows up right next to the RV that they escaped from earlier. And he knows immediately, like, all right, I got to get to uh, Ellen's mother's farm. Is her name ever said? I don't remember her name at all. No, it's just mom-in-law. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I just don't remember her name. Like It's grandmother. It's grandma. Grandma Baker. It's not, she's not even a baker, I guess. She's, nope. Yeah, whatever. She's so <laughs> he knows exactly where to go. And so he shows up. Ellen and Max and the grandmother are all standing outside of this house or this like barn. The hunters of the rot are there and they've got Maxine and they're about to bite into her and turn her into the third hunter of rot. She has basically agreed to let it happen. Right. Just it's like it did earlier. Moments before they are about to finish the, the transformation. And Buddy screams out like, stop, stop, I'm here. And he saves the day. He explains that Arcane has betrayed them. And that the rot has been defeated, and that their powers are not going to be enough to defeat him alone. Especially with Maxine's powers backing him up. So they get pissed off at William Arcane, who is there to witness this transformation. And they kind of throw him against this tree, and it, it looks like it breaks his back, and he's kind of out for the count. So Buddy is reconnecting with his family, it's all happy and joy, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, William Arcane comes at Buddy Baker with a knife. And his son, Cliff, jumps in the way and is stabbed to death by William Arcane. And that is the end of Animal Man's Rot World. And that makes me so sad when Cliffy eats it. Yeah. It's, it's awful. And he saves it. And it's so sad, too, because he's laying there bleeding out. Buddy's holding him. Ellen is freaking out to the side. Socks is there, like, oh, you know, trying to console Maxine. And his son, Cliff, just says, Dad, I'm finally like you. I'm the hero. I save the day. And I'm like, I could cry right now. I am in tears. Oh my God. It is so sad. But so what happened to Swamp Thing? So Cliffy's dead. We're yeah. all, like, seriously wiping away tears right now. Oh, it's um, awful. You had mentioned that uh, Buddy Baker was talking to the hunters. Yeah. Well, how did that finish up? So the hunters are actually killed off by Maxine, but not how you think. She is able to use her powers of the red to revert them back to their human forms. And we had heard the story earlier about who the hunters were. They were ancient hunters, like uh, American Indian type hunters, thousands of years old at this point. Right. And it's weird because I guess whenever they get turned back into humans, they're in like these spacesuits. And even Buddy Baker is kind of like, well, that's not really who I expected them to be. The totems told us who the hunters originally were. This is not it. Yeah. And that pretty much wraps up the end of Rot World for Animal Man. And so we'll jump back into Swamp Thing. He is sent back into past 
and he is there right before Anton Arcane rips the head off of Abby Arcane. Oh, it's, it's like perfect timing. Swamp Thing comes through the portal just in time to save Abby Arcane. Lord Arcane has got her in his grasp, is about to rip her head off, and Swamp Thing comes through the portal and immediately stabs this Anton Arcane and saves Abby. Yeah, knocks him out for the count. And, and they go into, like, the Parliament of Rot? Yeah, the Parliament of Rot shows up while uh, the two of them are basically conversing. And I think right behind him is the future version of Anton Arcane. Right. He jumped into his own portal, apparently took a left turn in Albuquerque, showed up late <laughs> to his own party. And uh, by this time, the Parliament of Rod has spoken with uh, Abby and Alec Holland Swamp Thing. And they've determined that Abby will become the new avatar of Rod, but she has to die or become to the brink of death before they can convert her and give her avatar powers. Yeah. And so there's this gorgeous panel of Abby and Swamp Thing hugging. And then she's like, you've got to do it. You've got to do it on the count of three. And before they even begin counting, Swamp Thing spurts out these uh, limbs that go through her body. And you just see the blood on the back of her shirt as she slumps into him. And that's when the new, ver the future version of Antarn Icane shows up. Yeah, and it's like he comes back into the past and he eats this old version of him to like gain his powers, I guess. I don't really understand why he eats him. Who and knows? it's honestly, it's a big time paradox because if he didn't exist in the past, he can't exist in the future, but it's a comic book, so We're gonna it doesn't matter. We're going to smile and nod and everything exists in its own little world. Right, so this new arcane goes into this Parliament of Rot area because it's like in the bottom of his castle. It's in the basement of Antarna because uh, the Arcanes are epically linked to the Rot at this point. The Parliament of Rot is taking Abby's body, and it's you see it transporting up into the Parliament. And you see Swamp Thing and Anton Arcane just duking it out. Oh, they have like, these huge spikes on their hands, and yeah. they're stabbing each other. And Swamp Thing uh, gets a really, really good stab on Antarna. Anton Arcane, Lord Arcane, and he leaves this huge gaping hole. But Lord Arcane is also able to impale Swamp Thing, killing Alec Holland, the human body on the inside of Swamp Thing. Yeah. And you see Alec lying on his back. The Swamp Thing fades away. It's crazy. Like, he knows what he's trying to do. He knows he's trying to kill that human body. And you see that whole, like, heal up because he still has this access to the rot. And he's just pummeling the face out of Alec Holland until you see him bleed and take his last breath. And that's when Abby shows back up. And she is now, like, all demoned up. She is the, par she is the Parliament's avatar. And the Rot's avatar, you could see her body. She's got these huge wings, and she's, like, ribbed in these this metal almost is what it looks oh, like. Oh, it's so cool. Almost scales. Just awesome drawing. So Abby, in all of her rotten powers, just blasts this huge hole right through the uh, middle of Lord Arcane. And she just looks at him and goes, go ahead, try it. Try to heal because he could do that before he healed up. Oh yeah, uh, when Swamp Thing killed him. But now Abby is the official avatar of Rot. Lord Arcane has no powers. He's he, a nobody. He looks down. He's got a big hole in his gut, and yeah, it's heals the over end. Dead. Oh man, it's good. And now Abby is the official avatar. The old one is dead, but Swamp Thing is also dead. 
Alec Holland is dead. Yes. There is always going to be an avatar of green. It may not be alive right now, but there will always be an avatar. But Alec Holland is dead. And we cut to uh, the end, basically. Back in the swamps of Louisiana. We're at the Parliament of Trees. Parliament of Trees. And Abby has brought the two human corpses with her. So she has Abigail Arcane and she has Alec Holland's bodies. And you see them lying on the ground, kind of almost like uh, like coiled up on a bed together. Yeah, intertwined. And you actually see Abby as the avatar of Rot, and you see Swamp Thing as the avatar of the green. And the two of them talk. And she they explain that now Swamp Thing is just full-on green, just like he was before. Mm-hmm. So since his interior human body is dead, the parliament will now accept him. He can go and retire. He chooses not to, and we move on with our story. Yeah, and that is the last time that they're able to see each other. The parliament tells them, you all have this last moment together. Uh, the two avatars cannot converse. They can't touch. Uh, otherwise, terrible, terrible things happen. Yeah, and that is Rot World. It was a fun story. I really enjoyed reading this entire line. All right, so typically we like to give you guys a little bit of a backstory to catch you up to the most current comics for the superheroes we talk about. However, unfortunately, Animal Man and Swamp Thing don't have a current comic. Animal Man hasn't really been anything since New 52. Uh, He's been listed as a backup character for some Justice League stuff, so I'm sure he'll show up in the new DC Rebirth uh, comics, but we haven't seen him yet. And Swamp Thing is right now just currently in Justice League Dark, but he doesn't have an issue of his own. So we're going to kind of give you the summary to get you hooked for the last volumes of New 52. You've got to go read both of these stories. They're really good. Go find them. Uh, You'll want to once we're done. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about Animal Man real quick. And his volume five, it's the last five issues. Essentially, Animal Man is dealing with the death of his son, Cliff. And the interruption it has given his life and his marriage and all of the day-to-day life that you deal with as a human when you've lost somebody like this. And being a superhero. Maxine decides to try and bring Cliff back to life with her new red avatar powers. So she goes into the red and it causes this massive breakdown. We get introduced to one of my favorite villains, Brother Blood, who wants to take over the red in general and become the new avatar himself. And we are introduced to some really amazing creatures from space that really will determine, I believe, Animal Man's next run. So go read it. Check it out. It's really, really good. In fact, the last issue of this series was written and drawn and colored by Jeff Lemire, and it's very similar to his old style with a comic series he did named Sweet Tooth, and it's just really a great right to home. I mean, he, he ends this series on such a note that you will never forget. It is quite beautiful. With the latest story for Swamp Thing, there is a new kingdom that is being introduced. It is the Machine Kingdom, and they want to win just as bad as Lord Arcane ever did. And so they have to generate a new avatar, and Swamp Thing will have to find some way to defeat this new kingdom before all hope is lost, the life cycle is disrupted, and the machines will have won. 
These are two really great endings of a series. I'd highly recommend going and picking them up. I would highly recommend picking up uh, the new Bronze Age Swamp Thing that's been coming out. They've been re-releasing it in volumes. I've been buying them, and they're beautiful. Volume 1 has its first appearance and the first run by uh, Lynn Wine. And also, Grant Morrison's Animal Man has been put together in an amazing compendium. I'm sure you can find it online or any of your local comic shops. If you want to read some great Animal Man and Swamp Thing, there's two great places to start right there. So tell me, how do Animal Man and Swamp Thing fit into today's culture? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting because they've both been in cartoons. Um, in fact, Animal Man was in a couple of parodies where I guess Weird Al Yankovic played him. Weird Al who? Yeah. That's it's awesome. It's really strange. I found them on YouTube. I had never seen them until I did some research for this podcast. Oh, I can't wait to see those. Yeah, they're something else. They're like one or two minutes long, uh, but that's all I could find for Animal Man. So okay. I found a bunch of blogs where there were people talking about like dream casting for him, which were kind of neat. Uh, but other than that, he's not really been in too much. As far as Swamp Thing goes, he was in a couple of movies in the 80s. Um, he There was a horror film called The Swamp Thing. It was Wes Craven's? It was a Wes Craven Swamp Thing, and then in the early 90s, there was like a return of the Swamp Thing. Uh, he's also shown up in a few different cartoons here or there, but he's not... Uh, I mean, neither of them are really prevalent enough to have their own real thing. At least that's what I thought. Until recently, DC just announced that there's going to be a brand new Swamp Thing TV show. I think we learned about it literally a week ago. Yeah, in the middle of reading this, I saw it on their Instagram. They announced it. And it was pretty neat. I looked up the casting. I'm excited for it. Um, it looks like it'll be really great. Yeah. I mean, they've been doing a lot of great work with some of their TV shows. They've got Doom Patrol coming out now. They've got a couple of other shows that are really good looking. So, uh, you know, I'm going to give it a shot for sure. So where can I find this new version of Swamp Thing? I believe it's probably going to be behind their paywalled service. They have an online service where you can access like their TV shows, their comic catalogs, special toys and things like that. So it'll probably be there. I believe it's called DC Universe. Uh, they've got a couple of new TV series on there. They're going to continue doing their Young Justice series, which was really good. Uh, the Titans series that just came out that looks pretty good. So they got a lot of good stuff in there. And that leads me to another question for you. Mr. Adam. Okay, yeah, what's You've going been on? talking about Animal Man all night tonight. Yeah, I love that guy so much. If you had the chance to have his animal powers for one encounter, and you have to save a bank from being robbed by a man with a freezing gun. Oh, yeah? What animal powers would you choose? Ooh, that's a really good question. You should have asked me that off air so I could have prepared for it. <laughs> but that wouldn't be nearly as much fun. All right, Wes, so if I had to save a bank and I was going to use animal powers, I think you know me well enough that I would probably just pick an elephant or a rhino and run this dude over. Like, you've played RPGs with me. You know I always play the fighter with the giant sword that just hits things as hard as they can. can okay, hold on. Let me just back up for a second. You know me. You've known me long enough to know I'm literally a bull in a china shop. I break everything around me. I basically am Animal Man. Like, all you got to do is put me in a place where there are breakable items. And I just channel that inner elephant. It happens all the time to me. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, what if, what if, now work with me here. All right. What if there were nine people robbing this bank? Ooh, nine people robbing this bank. Ostrich, man. I just duck my head right into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent choice. Hide away until it's all over. Yeah, you know. Or maybe just join them. Like, I could use some money. <laughs> 
I'm broke. Yeah, and you know, I just had a thought. Animal Man's powers are really helpful for him in the sense that he's a stunt man. So you just channel animal powers to help you in your stunts, right? Like you need to fly. I don't need a harness. I'm fine. All I right. just channel the uh, interior of an eagle. It would be my luck. I would only be able to channel silly animals. Like I couldn't get the hawk's powers, but I could probably do a pigeon. So I could like shit on your car, <laughs> but you know, like I couldn't do anything else with it. All right, Wes. So here's a question for you. You're from Louisiana. Right. Yep. So if you were to become Swamp Thing and you had the ability to move the Parliament of Trees, would you move it to Louisiana? Or is there a particular swamp there that you would probably live in and stay in? I don't understand the question. Why would you go anywhere else but Louisiana? It's one of the best states ever. That's fair. Especially with the wildlife, the fins and the glens and the walking around in the swamps. Just don't don't go to the beaches. Don't go to the beaches, huh? They're a little weird. Yeah, are they like swamp beaches? It just looks like swamp things crawled out of them. It looks more like somebody hasn't taken care of the beaches. Let's just leave it at that. Gotcha. Swamp thing's been taking care of them. <laughs> Not yet, he hasn't. Not yet. I would love to move Swamp Thing into the swamps of Louisiana so he could clean up the beaches. There you go. I like that. Especially Holly Beach. That'd be great. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks. So that is Animal Man and Swamp Thing. I think you guys are pretty caught up now. I feel like you could jump right into any new issue that they released. Yeah. You'd probably be able to follow the storyline as they wrote it. However, you have got to go out and find these latest issues. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, definitely pick up Justice League Dark if you're interested in some good Swamp Thing and even a horror-related Justice League kind of adventure. I've really been enjoying the hell out of that series. It is great. Thanks for joining us on another adventure with Comic Book Cabinet. We will catch you all next week. We'll see you guys next week. 